OK， 今天呢，结束呢，呢，下日的信息，大招唔拜更改咯。Today we will be concluding our sermon series, set foot on the path never travel. 今天呢，看 Joshua 罗美一招。Today we'll be looking at the last chapter of the book of Joshua. 第二十四招。Joshua chapter twenty-four. 选嘅选择。The choice to serve. 那约书亚记罗美两招，列三列四招是约书亚的 farewell speech. The last two chapters of the book of Joshua, chapters twenty-three、uh, and twenty-four, can be considered as the farewell speech of Joshua. 你知一家嘅点钟都俾够啦啦。Knew his time is up. 我哋离开世界以前，我俾交代什么代志 ？And these are the words that he want to impart to the people before he departs. 你讲到两撇信息。And he shared with the,、uh, with the people two different messages. Two messages. Two messages. 头一个 message 二十三招，伊个重点是福甲灾难的选择。The first message was of was given to the leaders as a choice between blessing and curse. 伊个对对象是对以色列个 leader 领袖所讲嘅。His main target for for this message were the leaders of Israel. 第二个 message 就是今日嘅信息，伊个重点是属奉嘅选择。The second message, which is our topic for today. Is focusing on the choice to serve. Yeah, 对象是隆重的人工诶。And his target audience was the whole people, whole country of Israel. Look at the verse one of chapter twenty-four. Joshua 叫以色列的正支派、十二支派，就这点事件，调了以色列的条路，逐条审判官及官长。Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Sechem, and he summoned the leaders, the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. All twelve tribes were present. But you have to take note. They stood before the presence of God. They were not standing before Joshua. Joshua represented God in speaking towards the people. It's kind of like our Sunday worship. We are standing or we are seated before the Lord, and God is the one speaking to each one of us. Joshua gave a challenge to the people of Israel. From verses two to verses thirteen, if you are to look, if you are to study and read these two, these twelve verses. 其实是约书亚及犹太人就呢一档历史嘅课程。In fact, it's a lecture by Joshua about the history of Israel. 对于亚伯罕伊嘅祖宗到现在，你去 Palestine 六百年嘅历史。From the time of Abraham to their entering the land of Canaan, more than six hundred years of history. 你又做一件真特别嘅大事。If you notice something very unique here, 这十二章嘅圣经 ，these twelve verses， 光，这个李汉文最后了十。The word "I" in Chinese appeared fourteen times. You look at the English Bible. To look at the English Bible, NIV counts up to by "I." The word "I" appeared seventeen times in the NIV version. This word "I" this word "I" represents God's essence. The word "I" there represents God. Look at the English Bible. Let's look at a few verses here. Verses three to five. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, and the, but, the, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. Joshua was reminding the people of Israel one very important thing. From the time of Abraham. Until their present time, everything that they have comes from God. Everything were blessings and grace from the Lord. Why do we need to serve our God? Because everything comes from Him or came from Him. Look at verse fourteen. He goes, "Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all your faithfulness." Now he challenged the people of Israel and he said to them, "Now fear the Lord 
and serve him with all your faithfulness. And from verses 14 to verse 27, serve the word serve appeared 14 times. We now know that the focus of these uh, verses is the word serve. Serve God. What do we mean when we say serve God? We often hear the word when we often uh, when we hear the word serve God. We would often think of several things. To work in the church to serve God in the church. Maybe be a song leader. Or be an usher. Or be part of the choir. Or probably you go deeper, you become a, a pastor or a missionary. You become a pastor, you become a reverend. You become an elder, you become a deacon. Yes. Yes, these are all part of being uh, of serving God. But we have to take note. If you are to look at the original text here in chapter 24, the word serve means to worship. It's not, uh, it's not a call for you to be a missionary. Instead, it's a call for us to worship God. It's that simple. Joshua wants the people of Israel to make a choice. Right now, you have to make a very important choice. You worship God or worship other gods. Make your choice. You have to make your choice. That's why today I like to focus about life as being about our choices. The things that's going through in our life are results of our choices. What kind of a person I am, where I am right now, has a lot to do with what I, the choices that I made in the past. Our marriage, our family, our uh, profession, including our work. It's all a result of the choices we have made in the past. If you had not chosen your spouse today, probably your life would be completely different. If I had not made a choice to come to the Philippines, I will not be a pastor here today. That our life today are the, uh, is the result of the choices we have made in the past. So your future is, will be the result of the choices you make today. Before Joshua died, he gathered all the people of Israel. He wanted them to make a very important choice. And they cannot be very casual in their choice. Would you make the choice to worship and serve a one true God or worship and serve other gods? From verses 14 to 27, uh, Joshua reminded the people of Israel before you make a choice there are three things that you need to think about very carefully number one consider the choice you will be make, uh, making based on your past experience number two consider it based on God's holiness the last. and the last one Consider it based on your level of commitment. Before you make a choice, you need to consider it very carefully. Number one, there's an absolute relationship between uh, our past experience and the choice we'll be making. Look at verses 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your, uh, your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves today at uh, this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Joshua gave the people of Israel four different choices. 
from the four, they have to choose one. So look at this multiple choices. Number one, number one, you can choose to serve the gods of your ancestors. It's the gods that uh, the, the, uh, the, the forefathers of Abraham were serving. Number two, number two, you can choose to serve the gods of Egypt. Number three, number three, you can choose to serve the gods of the Amorites in Canaan. The last choice is for you to serve the Lord. Make your choice. You have to make your choice. Consider it carefully. Among the four different gods, which God will you choose? But please remember. Making a choice involves trade-offs, gains, and losses. You cannot choose everything. If you choose one, then you have to let go of the others. If you are studying, if you are economics. a student of finance or economics, Opportunity cost. You know the, well, what it means when we say opportunity cost. Of course, if you make a choice for this, then you would lose opportunity for the other. Life is like that. You get married, you choose a sister, you choose a brother. So after you make that choice, you have to let go of other choices. You cannot just say, This is my wife. This is my lover. We want to have both, but we can't have both. When you, the moment you, you want to make your choice, you only have one choice. You have to let go of the other. Based on what? But how do you make the choice? You, whether you want to choose one or the other, on what do you base your choice on? Based on your God that your values. You make your choice upon your values. You find this to be more important. So you are willing to let go of the other. So that's why Joshua said. It's okay, if you find serving the Lord to be undesirable, you have the choice not to serve God. God will not force you to serve the As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What does that mean? Whatever your choice may be, it will not affect my own choice. I already made a decision. My, me and my household, we only have one choice. We will serve the Lord. Please remember, the Lord will never force anyone to worship and serve Him. If you don't want to serve, it's okay. It's okay. The church invites you to serve and you refuse, it's okay. I've been in the church for the past 30 plus years. I've never forced uh, members of our church to become elders or deacons. When the church speaks with you, you don't want to make uh, to accept that, I will not uh, approach you the second time. Because that is your choice. And I respect your choice. And God will respect that. You have to remember. And, but we have to remember that for every choice and decision we make, there is corresponding uh, consequences. And I can guarantee you one thing. If you don't worship and serve the Lord today, when you finally face your maker, you have to prepare yourself how you will face the Lord. This is your choice. That is your choice. When, when Josh, after Joshua spoke, how did the people of Israel respond? Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we travel. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. 
Basically, no, 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 no. The, the nations of Israel, the tribes of Israel said no. We will not depart from the Lord. We will not serve other gods. And following, they explained their reasons. Because they have personally experienced God. But we have decided to serve God. He's the true and living God. So, so dear church, our past experiences will affect the decisions we make. After you have experienced God, let me tell you, to stop you from worshipping God would be an impossibility. A lot of times, we do not understand how people are willing to pay the price so much and to give up so much for the sake of their faith and to give up their time. They don't engage in activities uh, of pleasure or their hobbies and they use those times wow. to serve God. Isn't it the Sunday is the best time for you to play golf? Isn't it? It's a time for you to go out and, and have fun. <laughs> or maybe it's time for you to play badminton. It's so dumb that you have to come here to church and worship God. There are people who are you find even more not only do they worship God, but they give their, their money. You, you earn your money in a very hard way, and yet you are willing to give it up for the church. There are, there are a lot of people who volunteer their time freely to, to do a lot of things for the church. A lot of parents will say to their children, it's good for you to believe in the Lord. Don't go in too deeply. Go Sunday, it's enough. Spend all your time there. Because they don't understand. They feel that we are very foolish. But we are not foolish. We see things that they don't see. We experience things that they have never experienced. From the time that I have accepted the Lord until today, it's 40 years. If you are to stop me from worshipping and serving God from this day on, it's something that I cannot not do. Because in these past 40 years, I have experienced my God. Of course, not everything that I experience are pleasant. In the times of my difficulties, I face problems, I face illness, I experience His abiding presence in my life. How can I forsake my Lord? Those are the words that the people of Israel uttered. We will never abandon our Lord because we have experienced this God, your church, Especially we who are Christian parents. We need to teach our children and our grandchildren. They will have a personal experience of their God. There's no second-hand faith. Every faith has to be first-hand. We need to personally experience our God. May the Lord help Would you choose to serve God and to worship God? Let me ask you. How, many, how much experience have you had from the past? How true and how real God is in your life? There are people who will be willing to face death and give up their life and not forsake God. There are people who will just depart from the Lord because they face problems. So don't tell me once forever saved. You need to understand one thing very carefully. If you say you believe in God, you have to ask, what do you truly believe in? When you say you are saved, 
Are you truly saved? May the Lord help you. I believe a person who truly understands and experiences God's salvation would be preserved by the Lord forever. But you cannot say that one saved truly saved because of the fact that I just raised my hand. I raised my hand during high school. During college days, I raised my hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 90% of those who say they, they are saved because they simply raised their hand, probably they don't truly understand what salvation means. Because your salvation is based on your raising of hand. I can raise my hand every day. And I'm now not be saved. Unless you have personal experience of your Lord. So then the relations, we, are, we are saved by relationship, not saved by religion. That's why we often are, uh, emphasize that we are not saved by religion, but by our relationship. May the Lord help us. Second, consider our choice based on God's holiness. Look at verses 19 and 20. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after He has been good to you. After the people of Israel, the tribes of Israel declared that we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, No. You cannot serve the Lord. Why? You need to first understand. Uh, who, and who is the God that you will serve in and what type of a God he is. Serve, to serve the Lord is not a beginning, but it's the conclusion, it's the end result. Yes, yes to start something is very important. The destination, the conclusion, it's much more important. Our faith is a journey. Start of the process is very important. You need to reach your destination to reach the Joshua said, No, you cannot serve the Lord. Because you don't understand. You first need to know who is the God that you're serving. If you want to serve Him, it's not a beginning, it's the end. Just like marriage. Marriage is uh, exactly the same. Wedding ceremony is only one day. But marriage lasts a lifetime. Chairman, Let me ask you, which is more important? Yes. Yes, wedding ceremony is very important. If you are to look at uh, today's wedding ceremony and their, the preparation that leads to it, it's very frightening. I praise God that I'm already married. Today, if you are to get married, there are a lot of things you need to prepare for. Imagine you have to have a prenup pictorial. There are people who are willing to spend to go abroad to have their uh, pre-pictures. I'm thankful that I'm already married. They're getting married. They need to dance, to learn how to dance. It's okay. I'm not opposed to these. But let me ask you, what is more important? Is the ceremony more important than the marriage itself? The ceremony is only one day. Marriage is a lifetime. If you remember the wedding of uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana, the, the, the wedding of the century. During that time, it was called the wedding of the century. Everyone was so excited. There are a lot of uh, television coverage for this. So what? So what? It's a divorce decree. And they ended, the marriage ended in divorce. Chairman, Let me ask you. We have spent so much time, effort, and our resources, finances 
for a ceremony that only lasts one day. What is more important? I'm not saying that the ceremony itself is not important. But we have that ceremony for our marriage. The end, the finish well. We are serving because we want to finish well. So That's why Joshua reminded the people of Israel. You want to serve God? You need to think carefully. Who is the God that you will be serving? Number one. Number one. He is a holy God. You cannot be very casual in your serving God. Holiness is God's essence. Look at Leviticus 11:44-45. I, the Lord, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you out up, uh, brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy. Because I am holy. These are, these are the key verses in the book of Leviticus. God is a holy God. Those who will be serving God needs to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? To be holy means to be set apart, to be separate. We who are servants of the Lord, we need to be set apart from this world. If the whole world will be doing a certain thing, we don't have to do that thing. We are not opposed to the things that they're doing. But if they're doing things that is uh, that is opposite to what God wants us to do, then we have to be willing to say no. You know, in chapter 1, in, chapter one, in uh, the book of Genesis, you would see a lot of uh, things that were separated. First day, let there be light. Let there be light. The light appeared. Not yet finished. God has separate light from darkness. So that from that day on, there, there's morning and evening, there's light and darkness. Second day. Second day. God has separate the waters from above and the waters from below. We call it, there's a firmament or the air or, or, or an atmosphere in between. That's not finished. And the waters beneath. God has gathered all the waters on one, one part. So there's a separation between waters and dry land. We call the waters sea and then the others uh, earth or the dry land. Fourth day. Separate does not appear anymore. But the Bible used another term. According to its own kind. To its own kind. God has separated things. Animals were separated according to their species. It's according to the desire of God. Separate, separate, separate. That each one of us needs to be separated. This is called holiness. The Lord we serve is a holy God. We cannot be mingling with the uncleanliness of this world. We are not more holy than other people. But we, have, we should not be contaminated by the uncleanliness of this world. But he is because he is a holy God. The second, the Lord is a jealous God. If the Bible did not make this pronouncement, we dare not say this. Jealousy. This is something negative. God himself declared Exodus chapter 20 verse 5. Exodus 20 verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. God himself said that I am a jealous God. Because the relationship between God and his people is just like the relationship between a husband and a wife. 
The relationship between the husband and the wife cannot accept a third party. When the wife sees that husband has another person, another girl, the wife cannot say, it's okay. Because he wants to, because my husband is very attractive, what can I do? And probably you're mentally not well. That something very strange will happen. A lot of parents do not know how to teach their children. Imagine I've heard, I personally heard this uh, from an elder, uh, from parents uh, saying to their, to their child. And he said to his daughter-in-law, because he knew that his son has a mistress outside. And you know how he taught his daughter-in-law? You need to be patient. Patient. He goes out and have his fun. He'll come back home. Who taught you that? Let me tell you. If you truly love your husband, would you allow your husband to continue in sin? It's okay, continue in sin. Because you will die. If you die, you cannot come home. What kind of a teaching is that? These are not teachings according to teaching. This is a Chinese way of thinking. It's okay for a man to have three or four mistresses. How about women? If they have three or four lovers, stone her to death. You would stone her to death. What kind of a teaching is that? This is a Chinese culture. All the cultures of the world will have its good points and bad points. We are Chinese. We place emphasis on our culture. Please take note. Not everything in our culture as a Chinese is according to the Bible. God is a holy God. God is a jealous God. So you cannot be careless. That's why Joshua challenged the people. If you were if you are to serve the Lord, serve Him carefully. If you serve God and serve other gods, please remember, God will place curses upon you and disasters will come upon you. That was last week's message. God is a God who gives blessing and God is a God who will curse people. So you have to think carefully. One of us wants to be blessed by the Lord. If you go astray, God will place curses and disasters upon you. That's why Joshua is very careful and very clear in this place. After, uh, before you okay. make your choice, Consider carefully. This God is no ordinary God. And once you make a choice, there's no turning back. Do you want this? He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. The third. You have to think of the third thing. You have to consider everything based upon your level of commitment. Look at verse 21. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. These are very good people. This generation is very good. No matter how Joshua uh, how Joshua spoke. He goes, no, we will serve the Lord. He said, no, we will serve the Lord. You know why? Because this generation of Jewish people, they went through 40 years of life in the wilderness. They have experienced the manna of God. They have seen water sprouting out from the rocks. There's a pillar of, 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 of a fire and there's a there's this cloud that protected them. And they have fought seven years, uh seven days of the war in Canaan. This generation Each one of them had personal deep uh, experiences of God's Presence and faithfulness. So that's why they kept they kept insisting, no, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, Okay. Okay. 
If you truly made a choice to serve this God, you come up and witness. There are three things that you need to testify for. Number one, the testimony of the people. Look at how they testified in Joshua 24, 23 to 24. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. The first thing Joshua brought up. You want to serve God? First thing. Throw away all the foreign gods that is among you. Focus on serving God only. Yes. The nation said yes. They are willing to testify. They are willing to throw away all the foreign idols. Jesus said the same thing. In Matthew chapter 6, 24. In Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, both God and money. Dear church. If you want to serve the Lord, you have to make a commitment. You cannot serve God and serve other, other gods. You know, you know the people of Israel? In the Old Testament, they have never abandoned God. They serve other gods concurrently with uh, serving God. Just like uh, some Christians, they are Christians. But they still have their Chinese idols at home. Because they want both. They're very intelligent. In the future, when I go to heaven, there's no Jesus there. You know, there are people who think they're very crafty. It's like buying insurance. Because I think I have so many insurances. I can just whip out an insurance anytime. When I come to heaven, look at this God. Long hair with beard, long flowing beard. That is truly Jesus. Jesus, I have this card. And we look at it. Oh, I have this card that's for Buddha. This, that's not our faith. If you want to serve God, you have to make a commitment. Throw away everything else from your house. To serve that one true God. That's how the people of Israel made their decision. They testify for themselves that they are willing to throw away all their foreign gods. Second, testimony of the law. Look at verses 25 and 26. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there, at Sechem, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. Joshua and the people of Israel made a covenant. And on that place, he wrote down the laws and decrees of God. Just like what? Just like in the marriage ceremony, we sign this marriage contract. We sign a covenant. We write, write down the law of the Lord, and then we sign our name. The law testifies for us. For, for our whole life, we will be serving God only. And another thing, testimony of the stone. Look at verse 27. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words that the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. How can the stone be a witness? Because the stone cannot speak. But the presence of that stone will be a reminder for, for the people. You know what? Just like what? Just like when we uh, dedicated this 
uh, church, uh, this discipleship center. I don't写这个字，and our foundation upon another thing. Jesus Christ no longer becomes the foundation of this world, but other gods. If we started the teaching that Jesus is not God, he's, he's only man. This plaque will be our witness against us. Just, it's just uh, similar to the stone, the meaning of the stone. The moment the people of Israel abandon the Lord, then that stone will be a witness against them. Your church. Did Joshua do there? He wanted the people of Israel to make a very important decision. You are to serve the Lord. You need to make a commitment. Commitment. The word it's a word that's seldom used in today's world. Because people are losing their sense of commitment. Let me share with you two aspects. In the marriage. In the aspect of marriage. When we speak about marriage, commitment. It's very rare if you find true commitment between the spouses. It's rare when we can see people staying married for 40 years, 50 years and on. Because they don't have any commitment. They're not happy with each other, they separate. The Bible is very clear. In uh, Jesus, in Luke chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, said, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People will be eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. The time of Noah, the days of Noah, is just similar to the times or the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Flood will come. Hey, Just think about this. Eating, drinking, marrying, or being given in marriage is a very everyday thing. What's wrong with it? The Chinese translation is very clear. In Chinese, they place the emphasis on doing it repeatedly, to eat, to drink, to marry, and to marry again. To put it in, in a present-day terms that we can understand easily. It's getting married, getting divorced, getting married again, getting divorced again, so on and so forth. After eating, we eat again. After we drink, we drink again. This is just living according to the flesh and giving in to the desires of the flesh. People are losing their sense of commitment in marriage. So I can dare say this thing. The rate of divorce in this world will continue to rise. Because these are the end times. Because we don't have a sense of commitment. Because we are very self-centered. If I like something, then I like something. If I don't like something, then I don't like something. I'll show you the second aspect. In the aspect of serving. Those who are serving the Lord are also losing their sense of commitment. Any, at any given time, they will be leaving. When they're not happy, they quit. Let me tell you. 
If you will be willing to serve the Lord, I can guarantee that you will be facing more difficulties than other people. Because once you step out and serve, you will be facing problems. You don't have that problem when before you started serving. Well, once you start serving, problems will come. But the more you serve, the more you'll experience your God. The more you serve, the more you'll experience the faithfulness of God. So may the Lord help us. Once we make a decision, we have to have a beginning and we have to have an end. That is called commitment. We promised to do something. To, to, to a certain person. Even though, even though, even though you, you think that, that your, your promise or that decision was a wrong decision, that's your commitment. You're a Christian. As a Christian, may the Lord help us. Commitment is the act, not a word. There's a very wise saying saying here that commitment is an act, not a word. May the Lord help us. This is the world that's losing its sense of commitment. But we are not the same. We need to be, uh, we dare to be separated from this world. We should be, uh, become a people of commitment. So, so after, you, uh, you probably would ask me, after discussing so many things, is there a conclusion to this? So you have to think about your experience. You have to consider uh, what kind of a God you are serving. You have to consider whether you have this level of commitment or not. Yes, yes, yes. After saying yes to all three, green light, green light, green light. You have green light for all three. Okay, Go and serve God. Is there a result? There is. Look at verse, uh, verse 31. Israel served the Lord throughout their life, the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him, who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. This generation, none of them departed from the Lord. We thank God. For their whole lifetime, they served the Lord. You know what was the end of Joshua? It became uh, the, the end of the book of Joshua recorded their three funerals. The first a memorial service. It's the memorial service for Joshua himself. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. He died at the age of 110. And he was buried there in the promised land. That is the first funeral service. In verse 32, And Joshua, uh, Joseph's bone, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Sechem in the track of land that Jacob brought, uh, bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sand, sons of Hamor, the father of Sechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. Second funeral service is Joshua Joseph's funeral service. 400 years ago, he died in Egypt. But he made, uh, he, he asked the people of Israel to, to keep the promise that he, he, uh, he, he asked them to do for his desire. He did not want to be buried in Egypt. 400 years later, they buried his bones in the land of Sechem. And he was buried there in the promised land of the Lord. Third funeral service. And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibeah, which had, which had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. Eleazar was a son of the high priest Aaron. And he took the place of Aaron to be the high priest of Israel. This, uh, he was a new generation high priest. So his time had come. And he too was buried in the promised land. These three funeral services teaches us a very important message. The past generation is already gone. But this new generation all rested 
in the promised land. This generation. They have by faith set foot on the path, never traveled. But their conclusion, all of them found rest in the promised land. Because they truly found rest. They, they found rest in the promise of in the promise of God. Your church. I have no idea what your future may be. Nor do I have an idea of what the future will be for us. But may the Lord help you and help me. That when we see God's grace, when we see God's strength, and through the faith given to us by the Lord, that we will set foot on this path we have yet to travel. Then it's my hope that our future, that each one of us, can truly find rest in the promised land of the Lord. Because the Lord has promised us, we have a better home awaiting us. That we will meet again in that place. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We are able to conclude our sermon series on the book of Joshua. That we set to set foot on the on the path never traveled. The past many weeks. Chapter by chapter, we have meditated upon the truths in the book of Joshua. Not only do we learn to understand what was written here in this book. But we learn the teachings of the Bible that by faith we set foot on this path. And that we pray that our conclusion, our end will be similar to, to these three very important people and find rest in God's promised land. We know that this path this tra- uh, that we will be traveling is not an easy path. There will be many battles that will be waged as we travel down this path, Lord. But with your abiding presence, Lord, we will never be defeated. Who can defeat us? That we will always grab hold of this, of you, our living Lord. That we will not have a divided heart in serving you, in, in worshiping you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. May his declaration be our declaration. As for me and my house, As we will serve me. the Lord. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. May the Lord help. May you, Lord, help our church. Thank you, Lord. Hear us in our prayer. We pray this, all these in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.